Hey, thanks for tuning in to the First Monroe podcast. For more information on our church, visit firstmonroe.com. We hope you enjoy. Do we have any planners in here? Do we have anyone who would raise my hand? Raise my hand. I would raise my hand. Anyone who would raise their hand and say, I'm a planner. Okay, so we have a few honest people in the room. We got a few people who would say, the people who are going to jump up and down and say, I'm a planner. If I just had to take a guess, y'all are probably the people who like own a planner, right? Like a paper planner, like multiple color ink pens that you write things in. Yeah, y'all look like that. I think most of us, though, are planners. I think we love to plan things, whether we know it or not. We plan out our days so much. See, some of you didn't want to raise your hand, but I could just see it plastered across your face. Because I know this because some of you woke up with really big plans for this morning. Some of you had really big plans for your Sunday morning before church. You were going to get up at 7 a.m. You were going to have a really good breakfast with like all the fixings and your favorite coffee. The kids were going to wake up happy and singing like animals in a Disney movie. You were going to have plenty of time to get ready. Your spouse was going to encourage you all the way to church about how good your driving skills are. Thanks. But what happened instead? Things probably didn't go according to plan, right? Seven o'clock comes a lot earlier on a Sunday morning. That breakfast and coffee turned into cracker and that half bottle of water that you keep beside your bed. The kids were little monsters complete with the tail and all. You were finishing getting ready in the car and you're possibly now wondering if you even remembered to brush your teeth. Okay, you all look okay. You got into a fight with your spouse on the way here after they said, I wouldn't have gone that way. You see, life is beautiful, isn't it? It seems unpredictable, like our plans never work. And if you're anything like me, that can really stress you out big time to see plans that seem as if they're not going right or a thing isn't going to. Even that plan, if you haven't written it down or whatever, we kind of have this idea of how things should work. And when things don't go that way, for some of us, it can be the things that make or break us. Before we go any further, I want to show you a cool video that came across my Facebook page recently of the national anthem at a basketball game. Stripes and bright stars through the 
Yeah, go America. That's pretty cool, right? Wrong. That is not cool at all if it's, if it's me. Now, I love, I love America. I love the national anthem. I get like chills even then um, when, to see it playing. But the first time I saw that video, there might not have been a more stressful thing I've seen on Facebook in quite a while, like counting elections and everything. Like it really like did something to me. I thought the dude was just slinging paint around. When he starts like doing that with the brush, it really bothered me so bad. And I was thinking ahead of the rest of the lyrics in the national anthem saying, he's running out of words. And this doesn't look like a thing that he's painting right now. This doesn't look anything related to America. I couldn't figure out what he was doing. And I was anxious and nervous for him. You ever felt awkward for someone else? That's the feeling I had for this dude in a video. But then he turned that painting right side up, didn't he? And we saw that he had a plan the entire time. If I had known that he had a plan the whole time, I wouldn't have felt nearly as anxious. But that was kind of his point, right? Don't you think that his point was not for me to know what he was doing? Or was it more to trust that he is the artist? He's the one with the paintbrushes. He's the artist with a plan. You know, in the same way, it can be really tough for us to have faith in a positive outcome when there's not really a plan for the future. Often so many of us feel like we're kind of walking around with no real plan or direction, kind of like we're getting dressed in the dark and just kind of hoping that things work out right. Um, When you don't have a plan or direction, you don't have a foundation. But the thing that I've just been constantly made aware of recently is that God really does have a plan for all of us. We can have faith for days to come because of someone else's plan. Like the artist in the video, we serve a God with a very clear plan that we can have faith in. Even if we don't understand or agree with it, God remains faithful to us, to his people. So this morning, we're going to turn to Genesis and look in the life of Noah to see how we can have faith built for the future because of the faithful God that we serve. Turn to Genesis chapter 6, starting in verse 11. Genesis chapter 6. Verse 11 says this, Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you were to make it. The length of the ark is 300 cubits. Its breadth, 500 cubits. 50 cubits, actually. And its height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above. And set the door of the ark in its side. Make it with lower, second, and third decks. For behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing, of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female, of the birds according to their kinds, of the animals according to their kinds, of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind, two of every short shall come to you for you to keep them alive. Also take with you every sort of food that is eaten and stored up. It shall serve as food for you and for them. 
Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. So let's think back a little bit on the story of Noah. You see, Noah lived in a very bleak and a very sinful time. It wasn't exactly the best place to be raising a family. Scripture says that all flesh had corrupted its way across the earth. You know, in different messages and just Bible studies and things, I've heard people describe this as kind of like a New Orleans or Las Vegas on steroids type place. And while I understand that, I don't think that really does this justice because the picture that that Scripture is painting of the status of the earth um, was a little bit worse than that. Truthfully, I don't think it does it justice. We need to think more war, destruction, destruction, that's not a word, destruction, sin, death. Not a kind of what happens here stays here party. This is a rough place to be. In fact, Scripture goes on to say in Genesis that God actually regrets that He had made mankind. I don't know about you, but that sounds like some pretty strong language. In the face of all this evil, we find one man. We find one righteous man, and his name was Noah. And Noah had been called the only righteous man on earth, and despite the evil going on around him, he was the only one who remained faithful to God. And what we see is that he was faithful enough so that he could hear God when God called to him. God spoke to Noah because of his faithfulness despite all the circumstances around him. God spoke to Noah because he remained faithful when no one else did. God spoke to Noah because he was righteous, not because of anything of his own works, but because of his belief in God Almighty. How many times could we have missed God speaking to us because we aren't being faithful to listen? You know, it can be so easy to be swept up in everything that this world has to offer. It might not be as bad, we assume, as the time that Noah lived in, but we can still find ourselves distracted to do whatever is fit in our own lives. It requires faithful discipline to seek God, especially when no one else around you is. It requires faithful discipline to seek God when all the circumstances in your life make that not nearly as fun. To seek God in prayer and fasting and holiness despite what's going on around you. I have a friend. um, He always asks if I've prayed about stuff. And I'll be honest, it's annoying. Like it really like gets old to me really fast. Plans, circumstances, worries, decisions, anything that I'm struggling with, or even just trying to figure out where we're going to eat. He'll always be, well, did you pray about it? And that gets so old to me. He would do this to me in college so much. We'd literally be trying to figure out where we're going to eat. We were broke college students, so we'd be looking and seeing where was the two-for-one burger that day. And we're just trying to scrounge together any change we can find to go eat a meal, and we'd be stressing about it. And he would say, well, did you pray about it? Or any other decision we'd have to make, he would say, what's God telling you about this? And that one actually kind of got to me more because, you know, it's one thing if someone asks you if you've been reading your Bible. If you haven't been reading your Bible, that's stressful enough. It's another thing completely when someone walks up to you if you haven't been reading and saying, hey, what'd you read today? That's like a different type of stress and anxiety that you go through. That's what I felt. And I would be so mad at him until one day I looked up and realized he's exactly right. God has a plan for each and every one of you. And he has a plan for his local church. 
We must be faithful to listen and ask of him what his plans are for our lives individually and as a whole through scripture, prayer, and obedience. We must be a people that are found faithful to God despite all that's going around us in order for him to use us to accomplish his plan. His plan in our lives, his plan in your families, his plan in our church, his plan in your city, in your community, in your workplace. God has a plan. Are we going to be people who are found faithful listening to him when he's sharing that plan with us? But God calls us to do a whole lot more than listen. You know, God doesn't kind of tell us his plan or what he's got going on because he wants your opinion on it. Like he's not like, hey, I'm thinking that I want you to do this. What do you think? That's not really how this goes. When God informs us and shares with us his plan for our life, it is for it to be put into action. We must be faithful to act upon what God shares with us. James 1.22 says this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. So first we must be faithful to listen to God, and next we must be faithful to act. In Genesis chapter 7, verses 6 through 10, it says, Noah was 600 years old. Don't miss that. 600 years old when the flood of waters came across the earth. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him went into the ark to escape the waters of the flood of clean animals and of animals that are not clean and of birds and of everything that creeps on the ground, two and two, male and female, went into the ark with Noah as God commanded him. And after seven days, the waters of the flood came upon the earth. Think of how different the story of Noah would have been had he not actually done what God called him to do. You know, you can make a strong argument. The story wouldn't exist at all. If Noah doesn't make the ark, if Noah doesn't survive the flood, if God does not rebuild, repopulate the earth through Noah and his family, the story doesn't go anywhere, right? It was a big deal that Noah was found faithful to listen to God. That was huge. That because of his faithfulness, he was able to hear God when God spoke to him. It's an even bigger deal that he stepped forward on faith and he did what he told him. You know, listening is much easier than action. You know, in our culture, I'm a big guy into sports. Um, we have a lot of coaches in this room. And one of the big complaints that we have now for today's youth sport culture is the participation medals, right? That everyone gets a prize, that everyone um, gets to win something because they play. And as much as we've done that, we've yet to get to a point where we award spectatorship. We've yet to get to a point in sports where the people in the stands are the ones getting the medal, Right? Because even then, we draw a line, and we, as a people, inherently value action, right? We have phrases about it, put your money where your mouth is, things like that. Like, we value when someone acts upon what they say. It's ingrained in us. It makes me think, one summer, I worked at a local ministry, you might have heard of it, it's called Secret Springs, after my freshman year of college, I know that's a very important ministry for us at our church, and I'm very thankful for what that summer was in my life. But I went there after my freshman year of college, and during that summer, like many young 18, 19-year-old believers, I was frantically obsessing over what I was going to do. Not what I was going to do like when I got back to school, but it was my first time serving in ministry for a long period of time. So I was frantically obsessing over 
like what kind of person I was going to be. I was praying like many of us all summer, and I was asking the very specific things. I wanted to know the exact job. God, when I graduate, what am I going to do? How much am I going to make? Where am I going to live? And most importantly, as a 19-year-old kid, I was asking, who's the lady going to be? Like, that was the question I was obsessing about all summer. And newsflash, that didn't exactly happen for 19-year-old Alan. But I did that summer begin to feel God calling and pulling me in my heart towards something that hadn't been there before. I started college as a kinesiology major. Now, if you don't know what that is, I don't really know either, and I did it for a whole year. That's probably why it didn't work out. But I was going to be a physical therapist, essentially. I was very much concerned with making a good living and all those things, and all those things that are great. But God was starting to change my heart and beginning to call me towards ministry. And towards the end of the summer, there was a position um, at a local church, unpaid, kind of an apprenticeship that was offered to me. And I started to think, I really need to take this. And about halfway through the summer, closer to the end, I said, you know what, I'm going to do this. But what I did next um, was something I think a lot of us fall into quite a bit. I spent the entire last month of camps talking to everyone that I could on staff about what God was calling me to. I talked to everyone who would listen. You see, I got to a point where I just wanted to talk about what God was calling me to do without ever actually doing it. I wanted to talk about all the good things that I saw God doing in my life, but I didn't want to put any effort behind it. We can all find ourselves there sometimes. You know, and it took a a great man, a man named Terry Slauson, sitting me down on the porch one day at Secret Springs, and I was sharing with him about this, and he had already heard about it from some people. I'm sure they were like, this Allen guy won't shut up about this thing that he's going to do after the summer. He stopped me, and I I cannot forget what Mr. Terry told me. As lovingly as he can, he said, Allen, when are you going to actually do what God told you to do instead of just talk about it? Yowza. Like, that sounds like, that sounds harsh, right? That sounds harsh to be sitting across from this man that I respected so much on this porch in a rocking chair and have him with a smile just tell me this. But that was a pivotal moment in my life where I began to realize it's one thing to have God speak to you. It's another thing completely to actually do what God has called you to do. When God has begun to put in in our hearts, in our minds, this thing that we ought to do for ourselves, for our job, for our families, these big life decisions. It's one thing completely to hear God out, to say, yeah, I'll do that. It's a whole other act of faith entirely to do it. Think about this. Has anyone ever been on a cruise before? You ever been on a really big boat? Or have you ever been to a shipping yard? I remember going in fifth grade, we were going on a cruise And we showed up in New Orleans. We were about to get on this giant boat. And I don't know what I thought. I don't know how big I thought it was going to be, but it was a million times bigger than I ever could have imagined. This boat looked like a skyscraper turned on its side that was just floating on the water. It was amazing. I couldn't believe something could be that big and not sink, right? Like it was just this massive thing. You know, building an ark wouldn't have been inconspicuous. It wouldn't have been a quick easy process, definitely wouldn't have been quiet. Building a boat of that size 
with limited labor would have been extremely public. I wonder all the time, I wonder what the people around Noah thought, right? I wonder what they thought of this guy in an inland area building a giant ark on the ground. (laughs) Like, what did they think? Did they think he was crazy? I wonder if he faced shame or ridicule. Sometimes doing what God has called us to do can be very humbling. Sometimes it means doing things that no one around us understands. And obedience can be very difficult when it feels like you're doing it alone. Do you ever remember going and staying at one of your friend's house as a kid and they seemed to have different rules? There was different rules at their house and you tried to bring that home to your house after? And my mom would always say, well, that's not how I raised you. And I always thought that was so unfair because I was like, this person has different rules. But obedience can be extremely difficult when it feels like you're the only one doing it. I doubt very seriously that building an ark of that size, the size of a cruise ship with hand tools and like your own personal little section of hecklers was exactly what Noah wanted to do on his 600th birthday. I have my doubts. But he did it, right? He did it, and we're here. He did it because it was God's plan. And God's plan, his love, his mercy, and his grace were Noah's foundation. The foundation of his life, of his family, the foundation of his righteousness was that he valued the plan, the authority, the word of God despite everything going on around him. You know, if Noah's peers would have truly known of the flood to come, it's one thing to hear about it. It's another thing to know it really in your heart. If everyone else knew of the flood that was coming, they would have all built arcs, right? There would have been arcs coming up everywhere, all over the ground, if everyone truly knew of the flood that was coming. But because Noah was the only one faithful to listen, he was the only one able to be faithful to act. Church, what is God calling you to do today that you have not put into action? Is it a change in job? Is it decisions about a relationship? Decisions for your family? Is it a decision for health? Is it a conversation? Is it a change of location? I don't know. But I know that God speaks into my life and I know God speaks into yours. What is God pricking and stirring in your heart? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you that you have not put into action? The challenge is to, be, to have the hard conversations with yourself and with God and then be faithful to act. We see throughout Scripture different times where God told someone to do something and sometimes the response would be, but this, like, God, have you thought this part through? It's like they're trying to give him a warning about his own plans. God is the creator and orchestrator of everything that is going on in your life. Will you be faithful to live according to the plans if it seems that it changes? Will you be faithful to do what God has called you to do? You know, action is so much easier when your leader is someone who follows by example, right? That's a huge deal to me. And I'm so incredibly thankful to have a leader like James. I am. I'm so thankful to have a pastor who puts his money where his mouth is. 
I'm so thankful to have a pastor who will go to bat for me. I'm so thankful to have a pastor who will seek me out and, and he loves me enough to tell me when I'm not doing things right. I love that. And I love that he's right there with me. And I love his passion for our church. But you know, James is only following the example of someone else. And in the same way, we're only following the example of the one who came before us. We're only following the example of Jesus Christ. Time and time again, God has proven to be the example of faithfulness to us. We we talk about this all the time in our student ministry. We ask, what does it mean to fully trust someone? What does it mean for someone to be trustworthy? We trust people who have proven their trustworthiness to us. We trust people with the right track record. We trust people who've been there for us. We trust people who have our best interests at heart. We trust people who love us, who care about us. Do you realize that God was under no obligation to prove his trustworthiness to any one of us? But he did. God was under no obligation to prove to you how much he loves you, but he sent his son Jesus. God was under no obligation to tell, to show you how far he would go for you, but he sent his son Jesus. God was under no obligation to show the great links and the depths of how much he cares for you, but he sent his son Jesus and Jesus died for you. God has been so incredibly faithful time and time again to us. And aren't you thankful for a God who has time and time again shown us his faithfulness? Because of this, I think there's only really two responses this morning from the life of Noah and from the example of Christ. It's two questions. What is God calling you to this morning? Are you listening to what God is calling you to? Have you spent time asking? Have you dealt with it? Have you put yourself in a position? Are you living a faithful life so that God can speak into your heart and change your life and change your direction and make it full of love and grace and His plans for you? One of the main reasons we might not be hearing from God is that you aren't listening or we aren't listening. You know, God speaks volumes to us through prayer, through Scripture, and through His Holy Spirit. We must remain faithful to God in character and spending time with Him. Will you ask God this morning to tell you what your next step is? Will you give Him the space and the attention to respond? Second question is, will you ask for the faith to do what God has called you to do? Did you know that you can pray to do, you can pray for the ability to do things that you presently can't? Did you know that? That was a game changer for me, if I can be honest. The day that I realized that whatever I lack, I can pray for. The day that I realized that if I'm not really feeling this whole Christian thing, that if I don't really have the passion for it, well, guess what? I can on my face pray for more passion. The day that I know that I love God in my head, but it's not really piercing my heart and affecting my actions, I can pray for more love. When I worry about, do I really have the faith to make these hard decisions? I can pray for more and more faithfulness. God is not off limits. That's so important for us to understand. We do not serve an inaccessible God. We serve a God who's personal, who wants to hear from you, who wants to speak into your life.
ask God for the faith to do what He's calling you to do. Nearly every day I ask God for the love that it takes to care for people when I don't want to. The conviction to turn from my sin that if I'm being honest, I just really like. And for the desire for Him when I find my eyes on other things. Often God calls us to do things beyond our own power so that we might be dependent upon the Holy Spirit and so that God may be glorified. Let's pray. God, I'm so thankful that a 600-year-old man who lived thousands of years ago, I'm so thankful for his faithfulness. I'm so thankful for the links that he would go, God, and I'm so thankful that that story of faith, God, remains for us as a testimony for how we are to live our lives. God, you might not be calling us to build an ark. You, not, you might not be warning us of a flood, God, but I know that you're speaking to us. God, I know that you have a plan for my life, for every individual in this room. God, I know you have a plan for your church. God, Scripture speaks to us being your workmanship, God, and just what a gift that is that we don't simply get saved to just sit here, but God, that we have an opportunity to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Good works that you have laid before us. ask for you to speak in our lives. God, I ask that we would have the faith the faithful life to be able to hear you when you speak. God, give us the faith and the courage and the boldness to do what you tell us to. God, your plan is so much better than anything that I could create for myself. God, I know that. God, I thank you for loving us. God, I thank you for proving that love to us you sent your son Jesus to die for us on the cross. It's in his name we pray. Amen. So as always, there's nothing special about this altar. There's not. There's nothing that makes this place more special than your seat that you're sitting in. But if you want to pray here, there's something, there is something special about stepping out on faith. So if you want to, there, it's here. But what I do ask is that us during this time that we would take the time to really deal with what God is calling us to do. To really ask for Him to reveal that to us. For us to spend some time praying, God, what are these decisions that you would have me make? God, what are you speaking into me? And on top of that, God, give me the faith to do what you tell me to do. I don't want to just be a hearer of the Word. I want to be a doer. this seems at all foreign to you if you find yourself wondering I've never felt God speak to me I don't know if I have a relationship with God at all nothing would make me happier than today for us to be able to have that conversation about what it means to follow Jesus what it means to have your faith in him so that he speaks to you and you get to do what he says and it's an amazing amazing thing so Shane that is going to sing, lead us in another time of worship. As always, I'll be down in front of you.